You're listening to Gatefold Gateway Podcast, a musical journey through time. And here are your hosts. Hey guys, how you doing? This is Damon from the Gatefold Gateway. It's a big one today. We're joined by an extremely special guest. And also it's the first day when you can go back into pub beer gardens with your friends. So it really feels like things are changing for the better. Um, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This is episode 14. Join us on Instagram and Twitter and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't miss any episodes and we'll see you all really soon. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Gatefold Gateway. Um, you're very welcome to be here. We love doing this and thank you for coming back. If it's your first time, then welcome to the podcast. Um, the podcast is called the Gatefold Gateway. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, as usual, uh, Mr. Joe Green. Hello, welcome. How Very are good. you, my friend? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Um yeah, we're kind of getting towards a stage where we can stop talking about um, restrictions and lockdown. Fingers crossed that we're kind of in a position soon where we're able to actually maybe hook up and record some of these in the same room as other people. It kind of feels like it's getting closer, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, like end of July or something, beginning of August. Yeah, well, maybe even yeah. before that. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah. Our guest today is um, somebody we've tried to get on the show a few times. He's a really um, well-known character in the scene that we've spoken about quite a lot in Cheltenham, um, and he listens to the podcast. Um, Joe, any backstory history, as you, you usually do with our guests? <laughs> Not as much this time. I obviously know our guest as much as you do. He's more... He's your he's your colleague, isn't he? Really, I know him through um, what you guys do through DJing and whatnot. So, like just around the varying clubs of Cheltenham. Yeah, definitely somebody who I don't really consider a colleague so much more as like just a really, really, really good friend. Um, we had. Um, a guy on episode two called Clive, who um, I initially did a lot of DJing with um, when when I did Download Festival, I went with Clive. Um, and I'm so happy that over the last couple of years, um, our guest today has kind of been, we've kind of become partners in crime around some of the festivals. And um, yeah, we've traveled to Reading Festival together a few times. We've done festival in Bristol, and obviously the John and Damo show is kind of known a little bit at 2000 Trees amongst our peers around Cheltenham. So, yeah, it's obviously Mr. John Weldon. He's here. Hello, everybody. How are we? How are you, Joe? How, how are you, Damo? You're right. All good. All good. How are you? Really good. I'm well, mate. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on the pod. I've been listening to it and been enjoying it. It's always good to have a catch up in it about music Indeed, and hear people yes. talking about music as well. It's been it's been a, I've enjoyed the pod so far. Thank yeah, you thank for you, listening. Man. Yeah, pleasure. Um, John, like I said, we've 
done festivals over the last few years. Obviously, 2020 took a bit yeah. of a sidestep and we did manage to get on the road together. We didn't, mate. No. Yeah, it was a tricky one, wasn't it? So, yeah, a whole year without <laughs> our usual uh, gigs and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty. Wow, it's been a it's been a learning experience for me. It's been it's been a <laughs> it's been a mad one. Yeah, basically both of our, you know, we both DJ festivals all summer and plenty uh, at Two Pigs and elsewhere all year, don't we? So to have that kind of taken away for me, it was my full time thing as well. I didn't I don't I didn't have another job. I n- I now picked up some work, but so yeah, it was it's been mad, isn't it? But it's been mad for everybody, and that's you know I'm I'm that's I'm the main thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, at least they just make no, no. Like, uh, I'm just looking forward to a little light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, this summer we can have like a. Maybe we're not going to be having full scale festival. I don't know, but we can have some in. We can meet up and at least yeah. have a pint. And that'll do me for now. <laughs> um, and before we kind of jump into what you've been doing during the last couple of months in lockdown, I, I guess it's fair. It's it's today having you on the show has come at a really really good time because like you said me and you both work at the two pigs we're regular djs there um with san and dan dan who have been on the show um and today obviously um liam chip and kim who are kind of the people behind the scenes at the pigs um they've announced um that the two pigs will reopen when the restrictions for letting people drink outdoors in beer gardens that's gonna it looks like that's gonna happen so that's pretty exciting right that is exciting like last summer we did that in the when as the uh restrictions eased we did some gigs together and i went to a few and just just to hang out um with sam and dan dj and stuff like that and honestly like it was brilliant uh i can't wait to do it mate hopefully Hopefully it all goes to plan according to the roadmap or, you know, whatever. And we get out in that beer garden and play some tunes, mate. Can't wait. I know that's, I guess that's going to be the first kind of time we've seen each other properly for. Yeah. Well, since last summer. Well, yeah, since you... sort of last July. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for that. Um, and we do back-to-back DJing on those yes. nights as well. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, but what have you, you've, I mean, people know what you've been doing. We've kind of promoted it on the show. You've given a shout out on on what you've been doing, but just kind of explain what you've been up to. Yeah, man. Well, to begin with, I didn't do anything and I lost my mind, as you know. Damo came and helped me out. I had a bit of a crisis. But uh, since then, I've been trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I started by doing some of those Twitch sessions that um, people are... I know you've been doing them on Saturdays as well. Damo's kitchen parties, various themes. They've been brilliant. But um, I didn't. I did it during a time where I was. I wasn't really sure what was going on. It didn't really fit. So then I quit that. Didn't do that for a bit. Um, and more recently, I've joined in with um, Sam Atlantis. I know you had Sam and Dan on the show. Um, in doing my own kind of internet radio show out of my little my little room here that I'm talking to you from. Uh, it's on Mixler, which is like a little app platform uh, thing, uh, streaming platform basically, live streaming platform. And uh, Sam started doing it during the first lockdown. And when we were allowed people in the garden and stuff, my couple of my best mates, you know, as well, David, like Tim and Pete would come over, would have a few beers in the garden and listen to Sam's show. And eventually he persuaded me to give it a crack. Cause I kept saying to him, like, oh, I'd love to do something like that. And uh, he persuaded me to give it a crack. And now we're on show 13, I think. And I'm absolutely loving it, mate. I've got all features in there and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. So man, that's so- you kind of kick off. Yeah. You're right. Like, 
Dan and Sam, they've been on the show. They came on as a duo because that's how they yeah. kind of come. Um, and the, it's Friday nights, isn't it? And you kick off the night sort of early evening, chill time from five. And then there's it like we, we spoke before the show, before we started recording. Um, as the night kind of gets longer, it, you know, the drinks kind of start sinking a bit quicker. I'm glad I'm not on last, put it that way, because I probably couldn't talk by that point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's that connection thing, you know, like doing that thing on a Friday has been really wicked. Yeah, I do five to eight on my Mixler, which is mixer.com forward slash DJ Weldon. And then then it's Sam from eight to 11. And then Dan, um, after that, he sometimes goes till two in the morning. So it's all night with, with us. And um there's a little chat room as well. So like some, you know, mates listen in or, you know, sometimes people you don't know listen in and get involved in the chat. And it's, it's kind of saved my life. Like it's <laughs> in a way, like it's given me a kind of focus for the end of the week, um, putting together the kind of features for it and the playlist. I tried to kind of play interesting, eclectic stuff, you know, not stick, I don't stick to any genres. It's all. And so it's kind of re sparked my love of kind of finding new music and finding music I'm interested in, which is lovely. And also that kind of feeling of sharing music with people that we usually get from doing our DJ sets and stuff. Yeah. You know what? It's been a way to kind of say, oh, you might like, you know, if you like this, you might like this kind of thing, like what we do live usually. So it's been brilliant. I've been really enjoying it. And also just finally to touch on this, um, I've mentioned a few times that when I do my live stream on a Saturday, um, which is kind of just like a rock night or whatever sort of night, um, do you get the same, do you get, more of a buzz when you kind of have like 15 to 20 people listening to your radio show than you do when you play to like a couple of hundred people in a club because for me when i see like 25 people yeah yeah like are watching my stream they're there for that they're not there for the club and i get i kind of get more of a buzz from just seeing 20 people than yeah, i do yeah. like 200 it's weird absolutely yeah i've been getting on my mixer show i've been getting i suppose uh, between 20 and 30 usually mm. and it's a mate that's a mate like obviously we've played trees reading how many thousands of people read him but there is something about everyone's come there because they want to check out what you're doing personally be it because they're mates or because they're just interested in the music it, it doesn't really they're there to kind of hear your tunes and share that time with you so it's it is i do get just as much buzz from that if not more yeah. than than doing normal gigs because you just say with normal gigs yeah, the vast majority of people are there just for a night out and whatever because they've you know they know the club and whatever they're not there to necessarily as we're residents most places to kind of see you as an act whereas on this that that's the only reason they're there to hear what you're playing and what your selections are that night so yeah it means a lot of people listening it's great yeah amazing um awesome john and like you said 5 p.m friday nights um at the moment, go and check out mixler.com um, or the radio shows that have been done before. Are they are they recorded? Are they saved? They're all saved. I'm going to put them up on Mixcloud when I get a chance. Um, awesome. But they are all saved on um, uh, Mixler as well, which is mixler.com forward slash DJ World and forward slash showreels. They call it your showreel. But they're all saved, so they're all, uh, they're all there forever, for better or worse. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Sorry, just something just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, should we dive in? Um, I think now is a very good time. Okay, then. So, John Weldon. Hello. Gateway. Yes. As always, 
What was the first album you ever owned or purchased? Well, uh, I was into singles before I was into albums, but buying wise, um, I was a singles guy. I, took, going back to the radio thing, I used to make radios with Tim. I, you, you know, you all know, both know Tim. Tim Seale, a good friend of mine, has no presence on the internet at all. He's just old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 11, only... 11 off the gridder 11 off the gridder he's literally he's just got an email but yeah um we used to record radio well radio shows in quotation marks on tape <laughs> not they weren't radio shows at all they were just for us but yeah and so i used to go out and buy a bunch of singles for that like singles that i liked uh so that was my first purchases were singles lots of trance that i used to be well into trance and stuff like that <laughs> man, to... man i wasn't a rock kid at all like people think think of me from propaganda i suppose the indie stuff and pigs which is rock and metal mainly on downstairs which i love now and i have loved but like to begin with i was well always i've been a massive fan of a lot of different types of music always it's quite strange you say that because i was trying to think back to the first time that i met you at propaganda and it was definitely like way back in like the dave remix and greg playing upstairs and I was really surprised when like years down the line, when you joined two pigs, like, cause I had no idea that you were into like rock and metal. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, it took time for me to get into it. Like I love, I've always loved going to the two pigs as a punter from when I was, well, 18, should we say? <laughs> uh, and uh, we used to go there. That was our, where we, where we'd go basically. And that's kind of how I got into it. Tim has been more into the heavier side of rock and metal than me. I've always loved, there's been certain people in my life who've, who've brought, as it always is with friendship groups, who've brought certain music to my ears, basically. Uh, I heard Queens of the Stone Age early on, uh, rated R. So I heard, I was into Queens of the Stone Age before Songs for the Deaf. And when that came out, that blew my mind. So I was heavy into Queens of the Stone Age. Um, and the, my brother, who's now a massive drum and bass head, um he always used to play nirvana tunes back in the day uh, he's seven years older than me so i got a lot of early music from him uh, albums like uh, unplugged in new york from him i was obsessed with that album for a long time still am it's brilliant um and he had all the prodigy singles from jilted generation like poison and stuff on on record and i used to go there and he used to just play them to me and he used to blow my mind and then I can remember the first album that I owned personally, I think, was Fat of the Land. My dad found out that, um, well, The Prodigy, my, my dad found out that I was banging to The Prodigy and I wanted this album. And somehow, I don't know how, I've got to ask him, um, he managed to get it like four days pre-release. I have no idea how he did that. He must <laughs> He's not in the music business or anything, but he must have just found, <laughs> I don't know how he did it. He must have just found a way to do it. And so I had this Prodigy album and I just I used to take it out for those four days in 1998 or whatever it was, I used to take that album out and just like, not even, cause you can't even, we didn't have a portable player. I used to take it out and just show it to people and just go, yeah, this is a new Prodigy album. It's great. You can't hear it right now. <laughs> you can't hear Different it. Different time, isn't it? <laughs> I know, man. You can't hear this right now, but I've got it. And later on down the line, you're going to be like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was obsessed with that. But the first album I did go out and spend my own money on, I can remember, was uh, Play by Moby. Uh, in I think 1999 um, I can't remember when I why I picked that specific album it was I was listening to all sorts of honestly I hadn't picked a kind of in fact I never have I've never had a scene or a camp that I was really in I was always listening to other stuff 
all sorts of stuff. I suppose when we were growing up, me and Tim and the gang were kind of skaters. Uh, we used to rollerblade, then we used to skateboard. Uh, and we hung out in the beer gardens and went to all the gigs, went to all the Lee Chaos's Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday night gigs at the back of the... Fr- uh, uh, J.D. Peppers. J.D. Peppers, yeah, 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 down the back there. And Tim used to play in a band as well. Tim used to play bass in a band called Conscience. He used to he used to do that and uh, crackers in Gloucester and all that. So I was definitely part of the alternative scene. But at the same time, I was listening to trance music. I was listening to like Fuji's. Like the score was a big album for me. I was listening to Prodigy and Chemical Brothers, and I was interested in basically everything. Yeah. So I remember hearing. I think it was one of the first singles, Porcelain, I think, by Moby on the radio, and just thinking, wow, this has got a real. Uh, it had a re- it just struck me. It had a real vibe, and then I heard the next single off it, and it had the same kind of vibe, but it was different again. Using kind of um, all the songs on that record, or a lot of them have kind of uh, like nineteen fifties soul e almost gospely samples that he's messed mm-hmm. about with and made into these kind of ethereal tunes that like, and they just got in my head so much. And I bought the album and I just rinsed it for ages. Like, and it wasn't yeah. one that like was a big amongst the friendship group. It was just for me. Like I just, whenever I was in a, like in my room, I'd put it like, I used to go up to my room and listen to it, just listen to it once, like at least twice a day to go, right. I'm just going to go and listen to that album again. Bang. <laughs> and I just, it just, it just completely like, uh, yeah, just took me. Did any? Do you guys listen to it at the time? Do you remember? It was. I, I was going to say, yeah, Mo, that album was like it was. I think it was one of the first ones to start syncing with like adverts and companies and stuff. So yeah, I remember just being true. on like every car commercial, like the the one with um, I think it's a Hendrix. I don't know if it's a Hendrix tune, but um, there was a car commercial that it's on, and then obviously it was like used for iDents on TV as well. So yeah, I do. I remember the album very like vividly. And it is a, I mean, we always talk about Zeitgeist albums and albums that kind of throw us back to time periods or remind us of that of a time period. And like this out, Moby Play is definitely one of those albums. Like it re- instantly reminds me of 98, 99, as you say. Yeah. Um, just even like the way it looks and yeah, just like straight, the total time machine. It is yeah. completely like, and I don't, I haven't, I haven't listened to it in ages, but. Um, I listened to it again after you asked me the question about what it was, and it's um, I still love it like from start to finish. I think it's a great album. Like, mm. but as you say, it, it is very much a time machine back to '99. Like it, yeah. For me, it's like a yeah, it's it's a it's a wicked album. I think, and some of the and I got obsessed and still am a bit with with samples, and that's what kicked it off. Yeah, the, pro- the prodigy fat of the land I loved, but even though it is a lot sample based, I didn't really realize it at the time. Whereas the stuff on Moby Play like was obviously samples to me from songs, so I used to try and find, back then. I've no internet, well there was, but not really. <laughs> super slow, super slow. <laughs> the dialect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you couldn't really just go and look at what these samples were. So you had to try and find out. You had to ask people and people who knew about it or read the music mags and stuff. And I got quite into like trying to find some of the original. Like I don't think I ever did, but I was just interested in what the original um, kind of gospel samples were. Yeah. And I was listening to, I was finding a few of them last night, actually on Spotify. They're all up there. It's really interesting. <laughs> um, it's yeah. It's, it's one of those albums like Joe touched on it. All the music he kind of um, released for the license into his music. He just gave it away to films and yeah, TV I... and adverts. Like there was no song. I don't think on that record that didn't 
get put on a on a film score. Yeah, it, didn't, it turned up in some way, shape, or form, didn't it? Like, yeah, that's true. I, I'd forgotten that, but you're definitely right. I remember it. It was everywhere, wasn't it? It, it was like, yeah. I it, feel like it, it was a Jag. Like, it was Jaguar. Like the I can remember a, a, a car advert. Definitely, I can. Yeah. Remember, I can. I can picture the visual. And yeah, as you say, like trails for stuff on TV. Yeah, it was everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, it was everywhere. Um, and it kind of smashed Moby into like the mainstream from his earlier, like electronic, like music, which kind of, yeah, like, which he, are... he was still well known in that like genre. But Play was the the album that was just commercial. It was, and it just threw him into like to become one of the most famous like people at that in that sort of era. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it? I remember, like, it, it became a headliner pretty much straight away from that. Um, I since play, like, I went back and listened to the older stuff. My brother as well. It's a tune called "Go," which is amazing, and uh, various others from the earlier stuff. And it's and it's a little bit more, I don't know, obviously electro dance music. Whereas, yeah, Moby Play was that weird sample based, poppy, accessible, but also a little slower and a little bit more, I don't know, thoughtful in a way. I thought. Yeah, they're, they're, it's the classic debut album, isn't it? Like all the all the like energy and like kind of the the hunger and the and the want mm. is is always is usually in the first one. So yeah, and I think this album, the album has that. It's uh, it's a good one. It's a very good one. Excellent choice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, you obviously do a lot of DJing. You've obviously just chatted about like trying to find samples and stuff of where the where the music how they put the music together um is there an album that you can think of that you would have just been really you really wanted to be part of the recording of it or writing of it yes it's got nothing to do with samples and stuff though i don't (laughs) it doesn't the album album, although it does in a way actually well i'll tell you in a minute but the album (laughs) that i would have liked to be there for was self-titled tenacious d the writing process, the recording process. Excellent, excellent choice. Wouldn't that just be such a part? One, it's going to be a party. You're going to be laughing every day. Yeah. You get to hang out in LA with Tenacious D, Dave Grohl on the drums for that record, or at least the majority of it. Yeah. Uh, Record videos, all those hilarious videos they made for it, which were brilliant. The um, (laughs) Tribute and Wonder Boy. Yeah. Um, And it was produced uh, by the Dust Brothers, who... Talk, that goes go back to the sampling stuff. Yeah. Who made produced Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys, and um a load of early Beck albums as well, or the early sampling Beck albums. And then they came in and recorded just this straight up kind of rock. I mean, Tenacious D before this album were just uh had the show, right? The TV show, which I hadn't seen before the album came out, but they were all acoustic, right? There was no actual rock band. It, that was the joke, I think. And then for this, yeah. yeah, I believe so. Like all the songs that were on Tenacious D, or a lot of them, were songs that they would always perform acoustically beforehand. And then they brought in Dave Grohl and all, and, and the Dust Brothers and all this to give it a to give it that rock feel. Yeah. And oh. uh, yeah, so I'd be interested to see that process with them. You know, but making the like, arrangements and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it would be mega collaborative because they wasn't like they were like this is what it sounds like. It was more of like, this is the idea of this song that we've been doing. Like what's everyone got? And I yeah. know Dave, Dave Grohl would be like, what about this? And someone would just bang a riff in like, yeah, this is it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Not that I can play yeah. an instrument. So I'd love to, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I and could just sit there going, that's good. And then as well as like, like Dave Grohl, like they had, 
I, I was like, when you mentioned the album, I started looking into it and I was like, oh, it, it was a cool album and I, I really enjoyed it. And, but I didn't realize like members of like Fish and the Vandals yeah, yeah. recorded on it as well. And I was like, these were real big, like the Vandals were like a big punk band. And it was like, it was really strange to see bands like that cropping up and going and recording in with, recording with a band like Tenacious D who hadn't really done anything and were kind of coming off the back of probably Jack Black being starting yeah. to get quite famous. Mm. Absolutely. But I think that what it was, was like everyone, I mean, everyone's got, well, most people have got a sense of humor and the people in those bands were like, how much better could it be than I don't have to like pretend to be not pretend, but I don't have to do stick to the brand that I've been doing for this, or I don't have to make a serious piece of music. I can just go in have fun, come up with some riffs and have a laugh. And like, yeah. though, the people that were involved with that record obviously just want just wanted to do that, and I think yeah. that would be a really easy place to be. No, there was, I can't imagine there being much ego involved in that <laughs> room, particularly. You know, it'd just be a good laugh. That's the reason I picked it is because I just pictured myself in the room and how often it would be fucking funny. Like, and it would be, <laughs> yeah, and it would be funny loads. So that, yeah, that's like, why I'd like to be there. Just to just to be in the room and they're kind of all the in between bits, all the kind of skits and stuff. Yeah, you know, the two like the whole skit, you know, the whole two kings thing when they go into the drive-through and. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it it has got amazing songs on it though as well. Like the musicality on it is incredible. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like I mean, like Kibasa Sausage. Just oddly <laughs> enough, I listened to that song last Sunday, and yeah. I just like. It's an album that's been brought up before by a previous guest. And I, I was actually with her at the time and she put it on and I was like, oh, oh my God, like I haven't heard it for a minute. But I was like, oh my God, this one is so, this album is so fucking good. Like just that riff yeah. alone, like it's, it kind of sets you up to be like, yes, this is funny, but it's also really fucking good. You're in that's for the thing, a, it's, it? a, it's a double whammy. It's, it wouldn't yeah. be any good. It wouldn't have been any good if it wasn't good. It had to be both funny and amazing like <laughs> at the same time and they just they pulled yeah, it off as far as I'm concerned yeah, it was one or the other so. it might not have worked yeah big time if it was just yeah. a good record without the funny bits then and like I said Jack Black was kind of reaching like a new height in his acting career and maybe Tenacious D wouldn't have got as big as they were because if A if Jack Black hadn't have been in there but B they had have wrote like a serious record they might not have got to where they were yeah absolutely yeah yeah, that's true. I mean, Kyle's got his own band as well, Kyle Gas Band, with 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 a lot of the members from the live tour in Tenacious D, you know, the Electric Tenacious D. And they're yeah. great as well. They're great fun. We were, we were in America and we were meant to see him, but we didn't get to the city in time. I was gutted. But um, yeah, I'd love to see them as well because like, they've got some equally hilarious songs. They haven't quite got that. The thing, that, the thing that's lacking is the Jack Black voice and, you know, yeah. the... <laughs> Um, but but his total vocal style, isn't it? It's just the vocal like package, is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But what they but what they what they what they haven't got in that they make up for an attitude and funny songs as well. They've got some brilliant funny songs there. There's another little highlight for you. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Good, another excellent choice. Thank you. So, <laughs> so uh what would a band or an artist uh or what is there a band or artist? I can't talk apparently. It's definitely <laughs> half, half eight on a Sunday. Fucking hell. So is there a band or artist that people would not assume you love? Well, close friends of mine would know I love this band, but uh, in previous podcasts, you've, I know you're, you're ditching the guilty pleasures thing. And I think that's... <laughs> we've we've just, we've, yeah, we've... Uh, we've I think merged. that's a good idea because 
there is no such for me there's no such thing i don't feel guilty about what anything i like no we never do either like i think we put it in there like but is a even though we know like there's no judgment or guilt basically (laughs) no no i know what i'm saying is is that if there was a guilty pleasure i mean i suppose it would be the but these the kind of bands i don't necessarily share with everybody that i like one of which is the band that i've chosen here which is elbow um the great band they're well they're one of my absolute favorites for many reasons i, I didn't care about them at all until um i'm trying to i, I wrote down the, the name of the seldom seen kid right uh, 2008 that's grounds um, for divorce and stuff isn't it grounds for divorce one day yeah. like this and all yeah. of those <laughs> Yeah, that is um, an amazing album. It is an amazing uh, I went back and I like their old stuff now, but I actually saw them in 2003 supporting Muse on their on the Absolution on the Muse's Absolution tour, and uh, I was too big. I was young. I was I can't remember how old I was then, but 16 or 17 or something, and I was just too busy getting drunk to really care. <laughs> um, and I didn't didn't bet. We I mean I know we saw him, but I can't remember, and I wasn't bothered. Um, but down the line, like. I don't know when I started listening to them or why, but I did around that time. And every album since then I've bought on vinyl and loved, I love them all to bits. Like uh, Build a Rocket Boys is a particular favourite of mine. Um, I think part of it is because I often share music with my dad and he's not bothered about most, a lot of this stuff. I, not, I say he's not bothered. Like He only likes certain things. And when I first heard those those elbow songs, Grounds for Divorce, One Day Like This, and others on that album, I thought, God, Dad's going to love this because he loves the kind of poetic lyrical content as well as the stirring nature of the tune of those kind of tunes. Mm. So he loves. He's a big Queen fan. He likes um, um, that kind of thing. And so I played it to him, and he was like, "This is fantastic." And then since then, we've had nights. Uh, we used to go to Spain before we weren't allowed to go anywhere right <laughs> but, <laughs> it's not um, recent <laughs> we'd sit out we'd sit out there drinking wine and just listening to loads of elbow well we'd do we'd do a track each but we'd always start with whatever the latest elbow album was um and kind of comment on it oh what do we think about this one is it better or worse? you know all of that and then we'd do a track each back and forth and i learned loads about music doing that loads more that he knew more way more than i thought so it's mm. a connection with my dad and there's just something about the um guy garvey's delivery and the lyrical content of it that just makes me emotional it just strikes me yeah like genuinely the the elbow stuff they they were obviously they're obviously like a they're seen in that indie sort of scene but they're they're just they just always seem to be a bit bigger than that and a bit more whereas like bands like stereophonics kind of go the other way and more like it's sort of different and an elbow kind of go the opposite direction to those bands and it's like big orchestral it's, sort it's of more tender like, isn't it there's there's a yeah. tenderness to elbow i i what is um what is fugitive motel what's what album's that on yeah i think that's on the album before seldom seen kid actually so that's right. a slightly earlier one but it's a brilliant tune that song is incredible i so i have i love guy garvey because of six music um and his yes. show on six music is i'm like it makes me like elbow a bit more, but I I came I came to them on as you say the seldom seldom, seldom kid is it seldom seen kid yeah seldom seen kid yeah so like but mainly the 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 appeal for me was the strings they've got yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. string arrangements he's got as you say like being on the the tender side of of indie and and also as you say his delivery of lyric as well but just yeah the, their use of strings and and 
and the keys and stuff. It's, it's very, very clever and like really good. Like totally gritty. Like they kind of put their hooks, uh, for me anyway, their hooks are like in the strings. So yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. That's def- definitely part of it with me as well. Like the way they go from uh, just a quiet vocal with a bit of piano on it to a soaring strings guitar, the yeah. whole lot. It's it, just the way they arrange everything I love. And it's one of those bands that are very often, are really often derided by people, you know, our boring elbow, boring dad band, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and it just couldn't be further from the truth for me, but it is one of those ones that I hesitate because it's not very cool. <laughs> you know, they're make- just not a cool band, are they? But <laughs> it's weird that do? they supported Muse as well. Like you couldn't get two polar opposites of kind of being like, I kind of, as you say, Elba are slightly more chilled, kind of you know like welcoming people in to then have this like really really boisterous band headline (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah yeah i guess that was the intent maybe i don't know but maybe i know i know matt bellamy's a fan of well was a fan of early elbow stuff anyway so i presume they i presume it wasn't just a record uh company thing yeah i think muse liked elbow whenever that was 2003 but do they have any like kind of like harder tunes i mean i don't know enough about them. not really they've got i mean grounds for divorce you'd say was be a riffier yeah. one um, is that the got, hardest is that as hard as it comes they've got one on the new album uh called uh, white noise white heat right it's no heavier than grounds for divorce it's about the same <laughs> heavy- <laughs> it's about the same heaviness but it's got a bit more kind of drivingness behind it i suppose but bit of grit isn't it like the old distorted bass uh... yeah exactly yeah but i mean most of them and my favorite ones are the kind of slower like there's a song called lippy kids on build a rocket boys and it just it just gets me every time like it's such a wonderful poetry about kids standing on the corner not knowing what to do with their lives and if you could just tell them that you know they could do whatever they wanted you could build build a rocket boys is the uh you Mm. know is the tagline of it and it's like just that beautiful poetry of, of of the kind of human condition, especially the British condition yeah. as well. Like the over here, like I just I just love it, and I, I'm unashamedly I say unashamedly love it, which is I wouldn't be saying on here, I suppose, if I was ashamed. Yeah, now everyone knows. Now everyone knows, but the cat's but, um, out the bag, boys. The cat's out the bag. It's all over. All my creds gone. He likes gone. elbow. He likes elbow. <laughs> I love him. So yeah, have some of that. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's yeah. no, it's amazing to like hear the passion, like the passion you talk about the band because like I've got bands that like I, my dad loves and that we've been to see live together. And I, I know it, it really does mean a lot when you can like share that with somebody real close to you. It's like, it, it it's really, really important. And the, the passion that you speak about that record and that band is, is just amazing. I love hearing that it was really cool to hear about those albums there. You know, I think we've all got a bit of love for some of those bands and some of those records. Um, a couple of quick fire questions to throw at you to kind of get a bit more of a vibe of what you're about. So yeah, hit me. Um, what's the record or you, this can be physical or um, just mentally Spotify esque. Um, <laughs> what record, what record would you save in a fire if your house was on fire? I do have physical records. I'm a bit of a collector. I, I haven't always collected records, but I tend to buy, if I really like an album, I buy it on record. And that's probably about 10, eight, 10 a year or something like that. And then every now and again, I'll buy like a few um, 
older records that I like if they're reissued and stuff. Like recently I bought Rated R, I got reissued, and Songs with Death got reissued, so I bought that. Um, but so I this, the the um it wouldn't even be an album, it would be this weird um I suppose it's an EP. It's got three tracks on one side, three tracks on the other, right? So that's kind of an EP. Uh, and it's by Goldie Looking Chain. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> Which is for everyone, everyone it is a joke. They are a joke band and they all of their stuff is funny. Um, but I, I was well into them for a long time before they were before guns don't kill people. I um <laughs> a family friend, James, li- uh, lived in Cardiff. He's from the forest, Forest of Dean. Um and he'd heard of them uh, kind of through Spiller Records in Cardiff. Um, they were like bootlegging their own stuff and bringing out these. Um, they were just like CDR in their albums and, and selling them. And James bought me one. I don't know how old I was. 16, 17, 18, something like that. And um, it had like, it was the funniest stuff I'd ever heard. But not only was it funny, the production was amazing. Like the guy, Reese from the band, produces legit hip hop as well as good looking chain stuff so the productions i think is amazing the actual rhymes are great it's just the lyrical content hilarious and <laughs> oft, often <laughs> kind of disgusting but i love it it, it just it, it appealed to my sense of humor anyway so i've got this um uh old uh white label old pressing of it's got half man half machine on it which was their first official single uh it's got the instrumental of that um I can't remember what the B-side is, but it's got a song called Sexy Ladies on it as well. And a song called Holiday, when they all go on holiday. And I just love it. It's brilliant. And I used that record, the um, instrumental version. I managed to rip it because me and my friends in sixth form did like a pastiche of Gold Looking Chain. We were called the... <laughs> <laughs> for the talent show, right? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we were called Faux Gold, Faux Gold Posse, right? And, Clever. Uh, thank you. And we did... Um, <laughs> We did Half Man, Half Machine and Guns Don't Kill People. We got two slots because we were so good. And it was just, it was amazing. It was, <laughs> it was just amazing. I just loved it so much. Obviously, we had to cut out the swearing and stuff, but we like, so I had the, I had the instrumental version. So it was perfect for that. So I'd save that. Now, if I wasn't going to save that one, I'd save my Stone Roses self titled. Um, I've got like the proper 107 quid, whatever it was everything everything edition of that you know with the booklet and the uh the album on various vinyls and also on usb all the cds and all that kind of stuff i love that album as well that's another important album in my life i was never a manchester kid i was always a blur kid like as you know like we we've disagreed over oasis a few times i don't like oasis very much do you like oasis damon i do have a bit of a soft spot for this. <laughs> There's and some people. I, I, I've said it before. I still think Wonderwall, even though overplayed by everybody, I still think Wonderwall is one of the greatest songs oh. ever written. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I can't. Yes, it's great. <laughs> it is. But I was always blur and I was never Manchester at all until a little bit later on. Um, and I, whenever I first heard the Stone Roses self titled, it was way later than it was. Uh, mid noughties I'd say like in 2005 or six or something I don't know how I heard it it must have just someone must have brought it to a festival and put it on the thing and I was like whoa what's this I hadn't really heard much of it I'd heard Fool's Gold which is not on that record it's on in between wasn't it um and I just fell in love with that record and I love it and I loved I've loved it ever since I've got it on various formats and 
So I'd probably save my very expensive version of that, maybe. Probably worth saving. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially these days, huh? Exactly. (laughs) Get it sold. No. Um, What was the last record you bought on vinyl? Oh, that's a good question. I bought... um, Have I bought any? Yes. So this year I bought... I'm trying to remember now. I buy records all the time and then forget about it in stash up. I tell you what I bought. I bought the uh, Everything Everything uh, album. That was the end of last year, I think. Oh, nice. Um, I really like that band as well. Um, I bought the Strokes album in 2020. I thought that was a real return to form for the Strokes. I think the most recent one I've bought actually is the reissue of Rated R, um, which I just bought on Discogs online because uh, the originals sell for too much. As in the the red one, as in RX. No, it, or... no. So they no they re so they've repressed the original blue one. I've got the red one. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, yeah, Very yeah. Good. What's is there anything extra on the the new one? No, it's it's literally like it's not even coloured vinyl. I don't know why I wanted it so much, but I always just wanted the blue. It's it's literally just the original, as it was, not even remastered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's good. I mean, you know, it was fair. it was already quality. It's already top top A anyway. Oh, it's a great album, huh? And the it's album. Their original album as well. I've been listening to loads at the moment as yeah. well. I played um, Mexicola on the on my radio show the other day. What excellent a, shout! What a excellent tune. shout! Um, I yeah, got the. Just, uh, I could talk about this, that album for too long, so it's probably best we instantly. Yes. <laughs> me, and, me and Joe. I think people know me and Joe are like very very big Queens fan. I know you are as well, John. You've been to see him live loads of times. But I was lucky yeah, enough yeah. to get their. Um, I got songs to the death on a clear red one that was released in America um, a couple Whoa. of years ago. And there was like, they only pressed 500 for, um, I think the company's called Vinyl Me Please. And they released that. Oh, yeah, edition, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Really limited edition stuff. And um, I managed to get a cop. I signed up just for, to get ready to get songs for the death on this red one. Oh, I did see that actually. Annoying. And, um, How much do you want for that then? Well, it's, <laughs> I think it's three figures. Sorry. What about um, a tenner and, a, and three beers? Then you've got yourself a deal. Sweet. Oh, no, that's amazing. Um, I, I, I remember, technically, I remember, this is a verbal contract now as well, so you will have to come good or get a really good lawyer. That's it. Everyone's um, earning it now, mate. Exactly. Um, oh, dear. Question two, quickfire, John. What was the last gig you went <laughs> yes. to before lockdown? Uh, it was D Mob Happy, who I'm I'm pleased to say it was D Mob Happy because they're a wicked little band. Have you seen them? They've played at Trees before, I'm sure. And I saw them in Moles in Bath with my mate Pete. It was a good little gig. Um, I'm sure you both know Moles well. I know uh, Moles was going to ask about D Mob Happy though. What's the what's the vibe? D Mob Happy. So they're riff riffy kind of. Oh, oh, how to describe? Hmm. They're. They're not unlike Queens of the Stone Age. Nice. Uh, newer villains era, maybe. Okay. Um, British, though. Um, like the, A bit like the Kills, but less dark. Nice. They're like a fun, they're a fun version of that riffy, riff-based stuff. Yeah, Death yeah. Above, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. Royal, Royal You're Blood. You're taking all the right boxes here. Definitely. Royal Blood, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm happy. Um, they will be getting a once over. Oh, the, they're really good. All the bands you compare them to, I absolutely love. So, mm. yeah. Mm, interesting and they, they have played at trees they played on the uh axiom i think three uh, the first year it was called the axiom if i remember rightly whenever that was three years ago or so 
I'm usually and I heard them the trees, so I don't really remember a lot. Yeah, I only remember because <laughs> Pete told me when we were at this gig, you've seen these already at trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I see, you are also in camp total pissed up. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And then I do a DJ set. Yeah. <laughs> God knows how I get through it. It's how we roll. Exactly. Um, yeah. They do sound amazing. And like Joe Strong said, recommend. They, yeah, big time. Mm. Yes. That is a strong recommend. Um, so last, the quick fires, John. Um, what's, yeah. And uh, and this one, I'm sure, I'm sure is really close to your heart as well because you've spoken about music you listen to with your dad. So songs that remind you, or a band that reminds you of being in the car when you were a kid. Yeah, this is another another dad one. Innuendo, the album by Queen, it was on a heavy rotation in the car. I think that, and he had a he had a tape of these was all on tape, of course, in the, in those days. Um, in those days, <laughs> um, he had a tape of a, a live show as well. I don't know which one by Queen. It wasn't Wembley. It was uh, I can't remember which one it was. So he had a Queen live tape. He had Innuendo on on tape and he had a mood, moody blues as well he really liked um and yeah innuendo the album is just still one of my favorites to this day uh the actual tune itself it opens with self-titled song innuendo and i just think it's a masterpiece it's kind of mad and as pompous and mad as queen gets with loads of different sections in it and it's just but it's also really stirring and um emotional as well as being that this pompous rock tune i love it i love everything on that album it's got uh so it opens with innuendo and then i'm going slightly mad which i love and then headlong in a, yeah love that song yeah and then headlong in a row so that's the opening three it's just a killer record um a queen still a, a band that you you love and like like your dad you said loves yeah them. Are, are they are they a band that you totally bought into massively yeah not so much the um uh, we will rock you. We are the champions, and all those tunes. Uh, it's more of the, the stuff from Innuendo, a lot, and then also I like like the Invisible Man, and uh, basically they're kind of more avant-garde, weirder stuff rather than their yeah, straight up like rock stuff. Be- before like Night at the Opera sort of stuff. Yeah, but they also came back to it afterwards. But it just, they just never really played it live that often. Yeah. Like Innuendo is a later album, I think. Innuendo is ninety-one, right? I think maybe the last yeah. album. The last album before that one they made after he died, I think. Um, it's also got uh, Those Were the Days of Our Lives on it, which is just a tearjerker, banger. Mm. And The Show Must Go On, all on innuendo. Great song. Oh, I love all their kind of, yeah. I, I don't like, I, it's not that I don't like the rocks, the the kind of rocky stuff. I do like that. But for me, it's the slightly more interesting, odd uh, stuff that, gets me i think that's probably because it's what my dad liked most and he yeah. played most as well um so yeah I, if i any any excuse to listen to uh an interesting old queen song and i will um, <laughs> joe what joe are you a big queen fan i am oddly enough i i had the greatest hits it was like the only tape i had when i was really young like i don't know i would have been about yeah 10 10 or 11 um so yeah and all of the songs you just mentioned i'm going slightly mad was like my favorite song when i was oh yeah ten just yeah it was just so weird like you say so weird and kind of just strange but it just it it grabbed it grabbed me anyway and like there's just something about it it's i guess as you say kind of the kind of pompousy arty kind of wonder yeah that's it's got that vibe about it 
Yeah, and they, they're playing with they're playing with electronics and synths and stuff a lot more yeah. then as well. Yeah, it's got exactly. that. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just that his vocal was so different as well. It was way lower. It wasn't as like yeah, yeah, that's stuff. true. It was more almost not almost Bowie esque. Almost. Yeah, you know? I'm see. I know exactly what you're saying. Definitely. And he also does those little like speak spoken word little bits in it as well. Like yeah. That's what I'm saying, or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. I just yeah. think it's a cool. I just, yeah. I'm glad you agree that, uh, yeah. I, I knew they're on the great, they are their big tunes as well. It's just that the difference between the big stadium rock bangers and their interesting stuff that I don't think they played live much. I much, no. prefer, I much prefer their studio um, stuff to listen to. And obviously, watching them in, Wem- like in Wembley or Live Aid or something absolutely tear the tits off the place is unbelievable. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, if I'm yeah in the car, I'll listen to a innuendo or one of those kind of tunes. Amazing, good stuff, good stuff. Um, John Weldon, um, thank you so much for <laughs> coming on to the show. Like Joe Green touched on earlier, it's a Sunday evening. Um, tomorrow marks the day when you can travel to the park with five other friends for a beverage. Right, um, and gardens, I think, isn't it? You know, yeah, and, gardens is allowed uh, six people. Gardens is allowed, household, private isn't it? gardens. Um, oh, mate, here we go. It's kind <laughs> of a turning point, and, you know, here we are, awake at 9pm, when really should we should be in bed, getting ready for the I'm actually tomorrow. off this week, so uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm, well, I'll see you in the morning. He's raring to go. I am. <laughs> poised, I'm poised and ready. See you at the beer um, gardens seeing the big gardens um john it's been amazing to actually see your face again it's been a long hey. time um and to chat to you about music which is like you said at the start is so important these calls for me and joe to talk to people has just been like a lifesaver like you said um amazing to see you amazing to talk to you um, thank you I guys i cannot wait to be in the two pigs garden in a few weeks time and hopefully we're yes. going back to back playing rip roarers and trying not to make sure the crowd sit down <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah man, i can't wait either it? listen it's an absolute honor to be invited on here thanks guys thank um, you for coming on man thank you thank you for coming on if like john said at the start um i'm assuming unfortunately the the amazing radio show that john does may slowly come to an end as we get towards going back to nightclubs and bars um as i think what i'm going to do with that by the way is i'm going to carry on doing the fridays until we're allowed to be in pub gardens ditch that off probably have a few weeks off but i'm enjoying it so much that i intend to do something again be it on a sunday or something like that uh i was gonna say about changing the day we go yeah i'd really still like to do something like that so keep an eye out for that anyway if that happens there we go so follow john on mixler.com and search for dj wilden he's on twitter he's on um instagram facebook you can catch him and yeah like i said two pigs is 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 where he is a resident dj you can go and see him um john before we go we'd like to talk about a few records that we're listening to at the moment, a few recommendations. If you were to open your phone and whack Spotify on, what have you got? So before we let you give us your recommendations, we've got a few minutes to think about that. Um, Joe, what are you listening to, buddy? Um, I've had a Rage Against the Machine revival uh, and I've just 
gone back to all of the albums. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just do one. I even actually got the live at Grand Olympia as well, just because I was like, I listened to Bulls on Parade and I was like, I'm, I just need this in my life right now. Goes so, to Tom uh, Jode. Mate, oh, what a banger. What a banger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rage Against the Machine, all of them. Uh, and that's pretty much it, really. Normally there's like a, you know. Normally a there's a couple there. more for you, but. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's it's been it's been a, I've been very angry this week. So rage just did Hey listen, that's a good week. A, a week listening telling. to Rage Against the Machine is, is just uh, never a bad thing. Exactly. Catharting through them and not be punching people in the face. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so. We've already touched on this band and they released an album yesterday and I had it on kind of non-stop today and yesterday. Um the new album from Death From Above 1979. I haven't listened to it yet, and I've got it as well. Is it amazing? It's so good. Um, the album okay. is called Is For Lovers. Um, they are a band that me and Joe, fortunately, were lucky enough to see live together in our favourite venue, um, which Absolutely. we've spoken about before. Um, we were there, and they're one of the tightest live bands of all time, and amazing riffage like john touched on earlier with like i've i've heard this i've heard a couple of tunes from it but i haven't heard the album yet and i'm i'm looking forward to hearing it yeah. are, are they, but i thought they were back to be just being called death from above again now uh, well i al- think they've gone back again oh, okay. so from yeah they've put the 79 back on because people just couldn't not say it i think um, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> so, so for outrageous now they took it off and now i think they've put it back on it's again back on right it's, it's it, they're they're listed as Death from the 1979 for this record. It's back, baby. Yeah. So I think it's it's not up to them anymore. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we can't not say it. So say it's it. like the OCs, though, isn't it? They they changed the spelling of their um. Do you know the OCs? They they changed the spelling or like layout of their band name every album. So yeah, it's just it's just terrible marketing. <laughs> but, it, try, but it's also try brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which album is it? Oh, it's spelled like this now. Oh. Yeah. You've got to search for a different <laughs> artist every time. Um, so John, um, once again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, what are you listening to at the moment, mate? Heavy rotation uh, the new Mogwai album. I know other people have brought it up on the podcast. I think it's banging. I I was never a um I've always known they were about and heard the odd bit, but I wasn't like a huge fan all the way through. Um and then a couple of years ago, I was doing a gig, a DJ gig in Birmingham at the mill. And when the it was early days of the mill and we were pushing really late on the gig. Like, it, like oh, we, we can't start until this time, this time. I was like, what's going on? So oh, there's a gig and they're only just starting the actual, the main band's just starting. I was like, oh, who is it? They're like, Mogwai. I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I've heard of them. They're supposed to be Wicked Live. I went in there and it was brilliant. Like loud, really loud, like, they they might be one of the loudest bands I've ever heard. Like just in terms of pure volume, it was so loud. But um, a brilliant brand. Anyway, then they brought out this album a couple of weeks ago, and the lead single was a tune called Richie Sacramento, and like that just got in my nut. And I was playing that on repeat. Played it, <laughs> played it a few times on the um, radio show, and uh, they got another one called Ceiling Granny, which I just love as an idea. A ceiling Granny, um, which I've been loving as well. Uh, so that have you guys been into that album at all? Or yeah, we. We spoke about it before. Um, uh, Cat from Bristol, yeah, I heard the Cat fan yeah. as well. Um, and I mentioned it at the start on one of the intros that I do. It was released and it got to number one in the UK album charts. It's amazing, yeah. It was absolutely bizarre for 
a band like Mogwai and we've bought them up before. I'm again like yourself, I'm not a huge fan. I I've dabbled in and out. Um, but this album that has got to number one, I think rightly so, because it's it's really bloody good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is good, isn't it? Like it's definitely a good album. Like and that lead single, like it's just got a vibe to it, which I really liked as well. Uh, the the other thing I'm I've I've been uh, getting into right is this Zambian psych rock stuff. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Band Splaining, and um, they brought up this scene from Zambia from the seven, late sixties seventies. Take you know like um, bands that have been listening to Jimi Hendrix and Jefferson Airplane and the like from Zambia, post colonial Zambia. Um, they kind of made their own <laughs> sold, <laughs> but they made their own like um, uh, kind of sound, but out of that same feel. Um, and there's a there's a Spotify playlist which I found called "Welcome to Zamrock," uh, which is well worth listening to. Bands like the bands are called like one's called Witch, there's Blackfoot, uh, Salty Dog, and Gozy Family, Museo Tonya, and I've just been listening to loads of that because it's brilliant because it's got that kind of african rhythm you know like that kind of is it like afro beaty kind of yeah it's like world music like afro um driving kind of rhythms behind it but then with loads of weird psych guitar and solos and like uh, oh it's it's really worth a listen like it's actually genuinely good as well it's not just sounds like like mighty boosh sort of esque (laughs) you know it, it it, you could probably hear it on the Mighty Boosh, like, but not in a bad way. Like, it's brilliant. Like, um, it's not too, like, obscure. It's not too, not that anything is necessarily, but um, it's not too world musicy. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got that, it's got that link back to, and I really love kind of 60s, 70s psych rock from America, from the West Coast and stuff, like, and, de- and then going into stoner rock and desert rock, and you can hear all that. That's very much my thing. So hearing them playing what is obviously, um derived from that you know there's they're playing the riffs and they've got the kind of filters on it and stuff um some of it's in in africa in 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 their native tongue some of it's in english it's just well worth looking up so it, it, a place to start with that would be the playlist welcome on spot welcome to zamrock which <laughs> is the name an of an amazing album title. yeah i know amazing title <laughs> yeah. i hope um the marley's don't kind of get involved with that and be like <laughs> It's fine. It's yeah, it's fine. It's completely um, different. Completely different. <laughs> uh, John Weldon, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Uh, Joe Green, thank you again for coming along for the ride. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, every week, mate. Don't want you yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> well, um, you know. <laughs> um, so there we go, guys. That's Gateful Gateway, another episode in the bag. Thank you so much for joining. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please make sure you hit us up on Instagram. And um, we've also got a playlist on Spotify where you can listen to all of the bands and songs that we've talked about on each episode. Um, like I've said before, press play, stick it on shuffle, and you'll never know what you'll get next. But that's it, guys. Hope you enjoy yourself. Um, Take care. Stay safe. Not long to go. And we'll all be in the same pub. Bye. Bye, Felicia. We're done. Sweet, man. Nice. Nice. That's lucky because I finished my bottle of wine. Look. (laughs)